I didn't bake my first cake from scratch until I was 26. It looked like a bit of a train wreck, but it was delicious and I was hooked. Over the last 10 years, I've taught myself the do's and don'ts of baking cakes through a lot of trial and error. Now I try to share the simple basics that look impressive, but are easy to master. My goal is to inspire you to give baking from scratch a try. I'm all about, if I can do it, you can too. But I don't just want you to enjoy eating the best cake of your life. I also, and probably more importantly, want you to enjoy the process and the experience of making a cake from scratch. There's so much satisfaction in starting something new, learning along the way, and realizing I can do this. I want the kitchen to become your happy place. I want it to be a space for you to turn to, to feel peace and to feel joy. And that's what I want for this podcast too. We won't be talking much about cake here, but I hope to leave you with the same feeling you get when you bake an incredibly delicious cake. Welcome to Courtney Beyond the Cake, stories that inspire, uplift, and fill your soul with joy, much like cake. Hi, friends and cake lovers. I'm thrilled to have you joining me today for the very first episode of my new podcast, Courtney Beyond the Cake. You heard it in the intros, but I'm here to share stories that inspire, uplift, and fill your soul with joy, much like cake. To kick things off today, it's just me. I thought I'd share a little bit of my background with you. I've told my story here and there before, but I think revisiting it will help you understand why I'm even doing a podcast and why it's really not about cake at all. I'll save the cake tips though. Don't worry. Those will be on my blog and on Instagram all the time. But here in this new space, I hope to leave you with the same feeling that making a cake leaves me, which is proud, uplifted, happy, excited, empowered, and always joyful. Because for me, making cake has never really been just about the cake. Sure, eating a delicious cake is quite possibly a glimpse into heaven if you ask me. But it's the feeling I get when I'm in the kitchen, when I'm being creative, working hard, learning new skills, and achieving goals I've set for myself that have turned the meaning of cake into something completely different for me. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But first, I want to give you a little bit of my background, my story, because some of you know me just for my cakes, and some of you may not know me at all. Okay, so I come from a family of four kids. Growing up, we moved around quite a bit following my dad's career in television, an industry my mom was also involved in, actually, among many other things, which you'll hear about in next week's episode. But because of their involvement in broadcast and television, it was something I fell in love with at an early age. In fact, I remember telling a friend, we must have been in middle school or something around that age, um, that I would be running television stations like my dad, or maybe I'd be on air like my mom. Years later, I went to Brigham Young University with my heart set on a broadcast journalism degree. That first week of school, I walked into the head of the department's office and asked how I could get started working in the newsroom there. He was so kind and he gave me a job editing video that first year. And I ended up working in the newsroom on campus for the next four years as a student for required classes and then also as a paid employee. I absolutely loved it. As I was getting ready to graduate though and thinking about if I really wanted to have a career in front of the camera, I I ended up getting an internship at a media consulting company in Los Angeles. I soon ditched the idea of being on-air talent and decided to follow a career in talent coaching and television research. 
And until 2019, actually, I spent nearly 13 years working in that industry, traveling the country, testing talent and television shows, some of which probably many you've seen before, and some (laughs) that if you had seen them, you'd be thanking me right now that we kept them off the air. When my son was born about 10 years ago, I transitioned from full-time work to freelance work for the company I'd been working for and tried to keep my foot in the door with a couple projects a month. The only exception was when we lived in Switzerland for a summer. So (laughs) three months that I did not do any consulting. But other than that, I always had a project every month and I really, really enjoyed it. Those 13 years of traveling the country provided amazing opportunities for me in my career, but also provided me with some much greater insight into the world around me. I met so many people and there were so many times that I had the distinct impression from Heavenly Father that we are all his children. It was amazing the things I'd learn about people in focus groups or from strangers sitting next to me on the plane. Each person was going through something. Each person had a story. Each and every person I met also had something to offer. After each trip and each round of focus groups, I felt so much appreciation for these small moments that I was able to spend with strangers because every time I was in a focus group room, I felt God's love, not just for me, but for everyone at the table. Well, as much as I enjoyed what I did, about five years ago, I did start to lose some of the love for what I was doing. It was all kind of starting to feel daunting, traveling, leaving my family, cab rides, hotel rooms, back to focus groups, early mornings, late nights, same old, same old. The excitement of the travel and the business had kind of worn off and that feeling of fulfillment was starting to go away. I was kind of doing it just to do it. You know that feeling where you just, you just keep trucking away. I was good at it and it was a great gig as I became a mom and as Ryan went back to school for his MBA, it was truly a blessing to be able to do it. But to be honest, it was wearing on me. So now is probably a good time for me to digress for a moment. So before I go forward, let me go back to when I was 18. And in a couple minutes, you'll find out why. It's all part of my story. I was living in California in the middle of my senior year of high school when my parents, seemingly the most perfect people in my eyes, announced they were separating and my dad was moving out. It was a devastating and shocking time for my siblings and me. I took on a lot emotionally and mentally during that time. I was and always have been incredibly close to my parents. I wanted to help them through it, (laughs) to do my best to, I don't know, maybe create like a parent trap situation. (laughs) It was wishful thinking, but in my mind, being their sounding board was a way that I could talk to them about what was going on and hopefully convince them to stay together. Looking back, that wasn't what I should have been doing. I was the kid, not the friend, not the therapist but it weighed on me. And for some reason, I felt like it was my responsibility to fix them. That was always my job in the family. I was the peacemaker. I was the happy, positive, glass half full, always kind of kid. Well, as a result of all that, and later finding out that I had a predisposition to this condition, I was diagnosed with depression and then later anxiety. It honestly, it felt like it came out of the blue. All of a sudden, that happy, positive, carefree child was everything but that. What I was experiencing, the feelings and emotions, you guys, they were so foreign to me. I remember feeling so scared and asking my heavenly father over and over again, what was wrong with me? What had happened? What I didn't realize then, as I was just trying to get through the moment in time, was that their divorce would bring on a much longer lasting obstacle. What's now been an 18-year battle with depression and anxiety 
has been the bigger hurdle I've had to overcome as I try to navigate the often unexplained dark moments in my life with being a, a wife, raising two kids, starting my own business, and simply trying to live the happy life I know I was meant to live. I can't always control how I feel. I wish, I just wish depression and anxiety were as easy to turn off as flipping off a light switch. But as many of you know and can relate, it's not that easy. I spent years trying to figure out how to cure myself. I would think I had it figured out and that I was doing so much better. But bouts of depression and paralyzing anxiety attacks would creep back and I would feel like I failed over and over again. I would power through those harder days the best I could, knowing that there were better days ahead. And then on the good days, I tried my hardest to make those ones as fabulous as possible. What I didn't realize until more recently was that each time I was experiencing these moments, I was actually getting stronger. I was actually learning how to better handle these lows for the next round. It actually, I started comparing it not too long ago to Labyrinth reality games. Have you done that? They're big here in Utah. What happens is you walk into a set of rooms. There's four of them that make up one giant room. You're given hardly any clues as to what you need to do to pass through each room. If you have a failed attempt in any room, no matter how far you've gone, you have to start completely over. But each time you restart the room, you have the knowledge of what didn't work the first time or what didn't work the second time or the third or even the fourth. So you'd strategize based off your failed attempts of escape. After a night at Labyrinth Reality Games with Ryan and some friends, I left thinking about the last 18 years and how each time I entered these dark rooms in my own life, I was working to get through them differently each time and how each time I felt a little more sure of myself as to how I'd get past it at the moment. But honestly, just like the escape rooms, ugh, I remember feeling like I failed and do fail over and over again. It can be a very defeating feeling. And it was never something I talked about with anyone, which looking back made it a hundred times worse. I just felt very alone, very insecure and very lost. While this was going on though, with very few people knowing, including Ryan, we got married, I was working, and then I had Weston 10 years ago. That first year of motherhood was blissful in so many ways and brought so much happiness to my life, but I struggled a lot with depression that year. As his first birthday rounded the corner, I wanted to throw him a huge first birthday party. In full disclosure, I'm a recovering perfectionist. We'll maybe save that one for another podcast too, but uh I, I mentioned that because Pinterest was a big deal right then. And of course, I wanted to throw the perfect Pinterest-worthy party, which obviously meant that it was, you know, a party for mostly our friends and family and just a few of Weston's baby friends. We were living in LA at the time, so both Ryan's parents and my parents would be coming along with a lot of our friends. Now, okay, Ryan's parents, got to talk about them for a minute. They have a big part in where this is all gone because you guys, they are some serious foodies and excellent cooks. I really had no idea what was going on in the kitchen. And I just, I wanted to impress them, which meant there was no way I was making a cake from a box. So I bought a Bon Appetit magazine, something I had seen on Rick and Connie's kitchen every time we were at their house. And I found a peanut butter chocolate cake recipe that sounded divine. And I went for it. I made my first cake from scratch. You guys, it was a train wreck as far as how it looks. I've shared pictures on Instagram here and there. Oh, oh man, you guys, it wasn't leveled. It wasn't even um, straight on the sides. Someone once described it as poofy, which I'm not even sure how that was possible. But more importantly, it tasted amazing. It was literally life-changing. 
That whole day as I shared the cake with friends and family and as we ate it, I just loved the whole experience. And a light bulb went off inside of me and I had this instant excitement to start baking cakes from scratch any chance I got. I started following all the cake bloggers I found on Pinterest and would bake away. I wasn't even thinking about how to make them look pretty at the time. Honestly, all I cared about was how they tasted. I spent years doing this. The kitchen became my new happy place, something I thought I had lost completely from my life, which is so hard to say because I had so much to be grateful for that I had this enormous amount of guilt anytime feelings of depression crept in, which is often what caused anxiety attacks, kind of a pretty vicious cycle actually. So fast forward a few more years, I found myself a little hobby, nothing more than that at the time. And we were now living in the Bay Area and I was volunteering in the young women's youth group at the church. One of the young women in our group was really struggling with self-worth, self-love, and often found herself in scary moments of despair. She ended up being one of the first people I confided in about my struggle with depression and some of those same feelings she felt. Though there were years between us and our experiences were much different in so many ways, we developed a bond and even a, a friendship, one that I think helped us both grow. Before we left Walnut Creek, where we only lived for about two years, I remember having an impression that maybe what I was going through personally wasn't just for my own personal growth and learning, but maybe it was something I was still going through so that I could help Lucy. And the more I thought about it, I realized that maybe there were even more people I could help if I started to talk about what I was going through. I love this quote from Brene Brown. Every time we choose courage, we make everyone around us a little better and the world a little braver. You have to be brave with your life so that others can be brave with theirs. So this was the first time I realized that talking about my story, my struggles, my weaknesses actually felt good, actually made me feel stronger and not weaker like I thought it would. It was the first time I started to accept myself for who I was and stopped hiding behind what I was scared of people to see. I was starting to own my story and I realized it was a story worth sharing, even if it was just to one person. We don't change, we don't grow, and we don't move forward without the work. If we really want to live a joyful, connected, and meaningful life, we must talk about the things that get in the way. So I started to talk little by little when it was appropriate and to whom it was appropriate for. But I learned to talk. I learned to listen. I was learning to be brave. I was learning to accept myself and to love myself for the imperfect human I am, no matter what anyone else thought. Okay, I promise I'll connect all of this in just a minute. So that takes us to about five years ago, shortly after we moved to Utah. I was baking a ton and just loving it. I was having so much fun and finding so much joy baking for my family and for others. Having found that passion for baking gave me something to focus on outside of my family and work. Is that bad to say? I don't know. I don't think so. I look back and I can tell you it was the best thing I did for myself. I needed something for me. I needed a place that I could call my own. And it was the kitchen. It was the time while my kids napped or maybe they were at school that I could be creative and work on something that was just mine at the moment, but was something I couldn't wait to share with others and hopefully bring them a little happiness. Because for me, food does that. Really great homemade food brings smiles to faces and warms people's hearts. And then you have the moments when you're sharing these experiences with others, teaching your children or friends or family new things, and now you're creating happy, lasting memories that you'll cherish together forever. 
The kitchen for sure had some of my happiest memories growing up with my family. And now I was creating new memories with my own kids. At that same time, I was coming up with some really delicious recipes, which my family started to encourage me to do something with. But it's like when you're a teenager and your mom tells you, you look pretty and you're like, yeah, you have to say that you're my mom. (laughs) But the more people encouraged me to share my recipes and my love of baking with others, the more I actually considered doing it, but not until I gave myself a hundred reasons not to. I mean, I already had a job. I had two kids. We had just moved somewhere new and no one knows me. There's already so many food blogs, et cetera, et cetera. Excuse, excuse. I couldn't shake it though. I wanted to do something with this passion I had developed. And I actually started to think about all my time in consulting, all the hundreds of television shows I had tested and all of those focus groups with all the different shows we presented to audiences. You guys, never once did I hear someone say, nope, you know what? I just don't have time for more TV. Nope, not if it was good TV. You guys, people make room for good content. In fact, they crave it. No matter how busy they are, they're gonna make room for the good stuff. We are always looking for something better, aren't we? And I thought maybe my content could be good enough to rise to the top and maybe people would make room for it. Of course, I just love the C.S. Lewis quote, you're never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. But it was really watching the example of my mom going after her dreams that made me feel confident in going after mine. When my mom was 26 years old with three kids under the age of five, she had an idea for a new board game. Hugger mugger. Have you heard of it by chance? Oh, it's a fun word game. Anyway, she ended up creating the game, appearing on television shows across the country, including the Today Show, and eventually started licensing her game to a major game company. She went on to do many more amazing things. And we'll get into that next week when I have her on the show. But looking back, I honestly didn't even realize she had a job when I was little. And as I thought about that, I thought, wow, if she can do that, why can't I do this? I love this quote from Jen Cicero. She's an author. You don't have to know exactly where it's going to take you. You just need to start with one thing that feels right and keep following right feeling things and see where they lead. Baking and sharing my love of baking with others just felt right. So I did it. (laughs) I launched Cake by Courtney about five years ago this August. I've since started teaching classes here in Salt Lake and a little bit around the country. I've appeared on local and national television shows like The Kelly Clarkson Show, The Today Show, Hallmark Home and Family, and have been featured in magazines like O Magazine. Last year, I launched a line of cake tools and a cake subscription box service. We no longer have the subscription box, which is a great story for another episode, but we're continuing making tools and I started online classes with my second course coming out in May. And of course, I've got the podcast. I definitely had some learning curves my first year trying to figure out my place in the food blogging space, but I always knew my goal. I always knew I wanted to just not only share recipes with you, but I wanted to connect with you through a mutual love of food and exploring our passions. I wanted to create friendships. I wanted you to feel like we're friends, to feel like you could trust me and my opinion about cake or whatever it was. I just wanted my blog, my Instagram to be a happy place for you. To do that, to take my brand beyond just the cake, I knew I had to talk. I knew I had to open up a little. And while I don't write a lot of super personal posts, the ones that I had felt inspired to write have been the ones I'm most proud of, have been the ones that have created the strongest bond between you and me. 
It is very important to me that with each post, each video, each class, each Instagram story, that I offer something positive, something uplifting, something that shares light. And I hope you felt that. During this almost five years of blogging and entrepreneurship and social media journey, I have, to be honest, found it difficult at times to drown out the noise and to stay focused on my goals, my mission statement, what I want to accomplish. And those are usually times I'll call my dad or my mom. (laughs) My dad loves to, to give me a great quote every once in a while. One that always sticks out to me is, Court, when you're in your lane, there's no traffic. And I think back to years of playing basketball in high school, and he got me the really awkward dribbling goggles that prevented me from looking down at my hand as I was dribbling and forced me to look up down the court to my goal, where I needed to go. So lots of analogies there that have helped me along the way. But one of my favorite aha moments that I had about focusing on my goals and what I wanted to accomplish came from Oprah. (laughs) Yes, Oprah. I actually got to hear her speak a little while ago at a tech summit here in Utah. During her talk, she was telling us about her talk show back in the late 80s and how there was a huge turning point for her. And it came after two specific shows, shows that were just dark. They weren't uplifting. They didn't have a great message to share. They were a little bit salacious. And after the second one that just made her feel kind of icky inside, she walked into the post-production meeting and told her team, no more, no more shows like this. She said, from here on out, we're focusing on positivity, things that uplift our viewers. We have this awesome platform and we need to use it for good. And she said from then on, she always asked herself, her team, what is our intention with this story, uh, this product, whether it was her magazine or the television show. She said from then on and all her business decisions, she asked herself, what is my intention? And I sat in the audience and I wanted to just yell out, amen. I was loving it. And I felt so connected to what she said. Intention. It's actually my word for the year. Intention. What is our intention? With every decision we make, with every person and situation we encounter, what is our intention? You guys, I am someone who believes everything happens for a reason. Though it may take us years and years and years to see those reasons. I do believe they exist. Of course, if I could go back and mend my parents' relationships, I would in a heartbeat. But they made their choices. We all had to live with the consequences. But if my parents had never gotten divorced, I may have never been diagnosed with depression, which means I may have never had that aha moment with Lucy that taught me the importance of talking about the hard things in life, admitting our imperfections to ourselves, and learning to love ourselves in spite of those imperfections. Because no matter what we are going through in this life, we always deserve to be loved. And that love needs to start within. Without my battle with depression, I may have never realized my love of baking or that I needed that creative outlet in my life. I may have never started Cake by Courtney and had the incredible experiences I've been blessed with over the last four and a half years. Without each of these different milestones in my life and my career, I wouldn't have the story I have today. Every single person is born with unique and valuable gifts to share with the world. Once we figure out what ours are and decide to live our lives putting them to use, that's when and only when 
the real party begins. That's another quote from Jen. It took me far too long to recognize the gifts my heavenly father blessed me with. Instead, I spent a lot of time longing for the gifts of those around me and wondering what was wrong with me or why didn't I have those gifts or abilities? Did I even think back then that I'd be sharing my love of baking with you? You guys, no, no no way. Back then, I didn't even realize I knew how to bake or that I would one day view it as a gift I could share with others. But then there was that day, 10 years ago, I made my first cake from scratch and it brought me so much joy, a personal joy I hadn't felt in a long time. So I kept doing it. I kept baking. I kept teaching myself. And without even realizing it, I was starting to focus on what I could do instead of what I couldn't do. The limits I had spent years setting for myself started to disappear and I started to feel stronger in so many ways. Each of our gifts and abilities are unique. They are meant to be different. And more importantly, they are meant to be shared. Maybe just for the benefit of one or maybe for the benefit of many, the number doesn't matter. It's the impact that does. You may feel lost. You may feel like you don't have talents to share. I promise you, you have something to share. What's something that makes you happy? What's a hobby you enjoy? Spend time doing those things a little more. Spend time learning more about those things, teaching yourself how to get better at those things. All the learning you do and life experiences you have contribute to your story. And it's a story worth sharing. One more quote from Jen, let yourself off the hook. If you don't have that one big perfect thing that you know you came here to do and feel good about the fact that you'll probably fulfill several callings throughout your life. If there's anything the last 18 years of my life have taught me is that I am capable of so much more than I ever thought. I am capable of going after my goals and accomplishing them. I am capable of finding balance in my life. I'm capable of loving myself for who I am and what I have to offer. To be nobody but yourself in a world which is doing its best night and day to make you everybody but yourself means to fight the hardest battle which any human being can fight and never stop fighting. Isn't that a great one from E.E. Cummings? I think we all know how hard this battle is to fight. But more importantly, I hope you know how important it is to fight to always strive to be the best version of you and not someone else. You are creating your story right now. You have the opportunity to share your light with those around you. Are you asking yourself, what is my intention? How can I share what I love with others and help others along the way? Your story, wherever you are on your journey or whatever that journey is, is worth sharing. And that brings us back to this podcast. I'm here because I want to share stories, stories of goodness, stories of bravery, stories of empowerment, stories of joy. We have so much to learn from one another's stories. Friends, thank you for being here. I am so excited for all the stories I get to share with you. Oh, especially these first two. Next week, I'm going to be talking to my mom. And then episode three, we're talking to my dad. They are my heroes And I couldn't think of a better way to kick off this podcast than talking with them and hearing their stories because you'll just, oh, I know you'll love them. And I think you'll get to know me a little bit better by getting to know them too. Okay, I'll see you next week on Courtney Beyond the Cake. Thanks friends for tuning in today. For show notes and other episodes of Courtney Beyond the Cake, head to cakebycourtney.com forward slash podcast. 
And for all things cake, remember you can find me over on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Cake by Courtney. And for all my recipes, products, information about my online classes, just head to cakebycourtney.com.